welcome to the SBA. Uh, we are the Small Business Advisors, bringing you advice for topics that you care about. Today we're going to be talking about something that's a little broad, and that's just corporate policies. Uh, Talia, I know you have a perfect example on return policies, which we won't be the entire episode, but uh, I know that you have a very clear example that falls under this. So lead us in. Well, as far as like cancellation policies yes. go, yeah. yes, I do. Um, and since I started my business, I decided at first that I wasn't going to have a cancellation policy because I wanted to give my clients the benefit of the doubt considering we're just coming out of a pandemic. And with that being said though, I started noticing an increase in cancellations that was also costing me money and time. It was no longer pleasant for me to receive that call or see the notification pop up on my phone and be like, so-and-so canceled their appointment today. And I'm like, that's fun. <laughs> so, oh, joy. <laughs> yes. And no way to really re reprimand them for doing that. So I did instill a cancellation policy. And since then, I have, since I've installed it and I've let my clients know about it, I've not had to actually use it. I've used it one time and it turned into um, a misunderstanding, a bit of a debacle between me and said client. I did end up just refunding her her money because, and I politely asked her to start visiting a different salon. It, we were different reasons that we won't go into as to why it happened, but it could be a miscommunication on my part. Maybe I wasn't entirely clear with a client on the policy as I thought I was. As a business owner, our time is our money. It is incredibly important for the employee and the employer to understand that this is something that happens. I understand last minute things I know. Um, if you're a parent and your child is sick at school and, and they need you to pick them up, I get that. I understand that. I've had clients tell me that are just coming out of surgery, you know, from like a week or two prior telling me that, hey, I'm not feeling too hot. I'm going to have to cancel today's appointment. I understand that. I completely understand that. And then I will waive the fees in that regard. And I've had some tell me, it's like, hey, I hit a bit of a traffic snag. I'm going to be 15 minutes late. And if I have the availability and be like, yeah, sure, that's fine. You know, come on in. If I don't, I will let them know and be like, well, you know, that's not, that's something we can't really control. And I'll be like, all right, well, unfortunately I don't have the time today. Well, why don't we just reschedule for a different time and go from there? So I, I like, I do have my cancellation policy and I do enforce it whenever I, like when I feel the, the reasoning for it is something that could be controlled. It was just like a pure of lack of, time managing on their part. You know, I think you bring up something interesting. One of the things what we hear from what you're saying is flexibility, mm -hmm. right? And fairness. You need to be fair. And not every situation is identical. So some people could be driving to an appointment, legitimately want to be there, left 30 minutes early for a 10 minute drive, car accident, road, you know, lane is shut down and they're there for 45 minutes they may show up late nothing more aggravating from a consumer standpoint is showing up and saying we've just taken you know out of massage we took 20 minutes out of your massage away from you because 
you were late by 20 minutes. Well, what about the situation and scenario, right? But on the flip side, time is money. You are being compensated for your expertise. So those delinquent earners, those who are frequently missing appointments, running late, there has to be parameters. But one thing we know for certain with a policy, policies are moving. They always change. And when a, when a company tells you, this is my policy, period, it's not really accurate. Policies are intended to be bent and moved by management because situations do occur. So you need to have situational awareness, situa situational knowledge. When something happens, you know what? I know 99% of the time this policy applies. In this case, it really doesn't. I'm sorry that you've experienced this. Let me move it along. Because you have to make sure you're not being taken advantage of. And on the flip side, you have to be sure that you're providing that customer service where clients want to keep on coming back and you don't permanently lose them. That's my take on, 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 the, on the cancellation policy or any policy in general, that they are movable policies. I, I will say this also. There's one time I signed up for a gym class, a gym session at Orange Theory. I signed up for the 5 a.m. class. They had just open, opened back up when the lockdowns were lifted. I signed up for it, I got myself up, and I lived three miles away from this gym, so I knew I'd give myself plenty of time to actually get there. Only issue that I ran into that I had no control over is the fact that the train stopped in the middle of the train tracks. Oh no. For like 20, <laughs> what it seemed like forever, it was probably maybe 20 minutes, and it made me miss the first 20 minutes of that class. And I got there, and the, the owner of the gym let me in. He was just like, well, you know, you're, you're late to class. I'm like, I understand that, but here's my situation. And he, he understood the situation, and he let me join the class. Even though I was 20 minutes late and I missed the tail end of it, I was able to at least get a little bit of that workout in. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. My, a lot of uh, my cancellation policies when um, operating my, uh, my tech um, essentially house call business. So it was a support that I would make house calls. And I had the threat of the cancellation policy, meaning I'm driving, you know, wasting gas mileage, you know, consuming resources to make a house call for you. If I get there and you're not in the house, I'm a little ticked off. In some cases, right. I drove yeah. 30, 40 minutes to make this house sure. call, and I show up, and I just have a dog yelling at me, right? So, <laughs> like, so uh, my most of my cancellation policies were just the threat of. I think probably in the six years operating under that cancellation policy, I used it twice. I love that. You had the policy in place, so you had that coverage, that mm. catch-all. Then you can revoke it anytime you want because it's flexible. It's movable yeah. policy. Absolutely. And that's a smart way of doing it. But what about posting it? I was going to ask, you know, Ryan, I was going to ask you, how does your clients know what's your, what's your cancellation policy or return policy? Because in retail, if someone's bringing something back, right? We have, we have owners watching this, uh, watching this and listening to this on uh, our podcast. And they're saying, well, I have a return policy. Where should I post it? Well, it should always be posted prominently, right? And I want to put that term out there, posted prominently at the point of sale, 
um, you know, whether it's a 30-day, you know, whether it's a 30-day BRE policy, buyer's remorse exchange policy, um, you know, or return policy of any variety, uh, money-back guarantees can also, you know, can also fall into this category for services that are rendered. Um, it has to be codified, and it has to be codified in a very prominently displayed manner. Um, that's the first step. Second step is to always have it printed on your point-of-sale receipts. Um, if it's point, if it's printed on the point-of-sale receipt, and uh, and that is something that the customer also signs, um, then there is no ambiguity there. You know, they they are saying that they understand what the policy is. Um, in the telecom industry, a lot of the carriers, um, the major carriers, whether it's Verizon or AT and T or others, um, what they will do is they will actually have you sign um, what's called a wireless customer agreement and an arbitration agreement, and both of those things cover buyer's remorse exchanges um, and also the terms of service and a variety of other you know topics that are directly pursuant to the agreement between you, the customer, um, and the carrier. So those policies are usually not as flexible in larger organizations. Larger organizations have more rigid policies when it comes to those things because of the way that their point of sale systems are set up. You know, maybe I, you know, maybe I personally as, you know, as Mr. Manager in store wherever, um, want to go, you know, want to go and return somebody's, uh, you know, somebody's handset after 30 days. I cannot do that because the system will not physically allow me to do that. I may have to escalate that off to senior management, or for that matter, I may have to call into a call center. Whatever the case may be, I may have to do those things. Um, not Is there flexibility? there though there could you work it up the ladder and actually sure. have it change the policy? there could be flexibility to that um, but it's very very unlikely to happen without escalation in the process um, so your frontline managers are not going to have a great deal of flexibility there um, and the reason why this happens is because a lot of um, you know a, a lot of larger companies sustain big-time losses from BREs um, and from money-back guarantees um, so you have to manage cost and this is you know at the end of the day um, you know at the, at the end of the day returns are I wouldn't look at them as shrink, um, but it's dangerously close to that. It's lost revenue. It's negative revenue. Um, so it has to be managed in a very structuralized manner. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> you're looking at me like, yes, but well, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, The reason I was looking towards you is because uh, you're extremely structured mm -hmm. in how you're doing it, and, and your industry required that. Sure. Talia, you have a little bit more flexibility, and by a little bit, I mean an extreme amount of flexibility because it's only you. You answer to you and no one else. So you have the absolute most flexibility in this. Mm -hmm. Joe, you're kind of the middle ground here where you right. have policies from your cookie company that was huge, all the way down to your real estate office, which is still big, but as far as absolute numbers and staffing, significantly smaller. Mm -hmm. How do you navigate the waters between policies and between every single business that you've operated? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. It It is so flexible. I always learn in business, you need to be fluid and flexible. You just have to be, because times are always changing, right? So with with, from a negotiation policy standpoint, um, you know we're I, I'm involved in every little aspect of the business because I, you know I, I'm a non-competing broker, so one of the things I do I have 25 agents across the state of Florida. We do real estate. We do hundreds of millions of dollars deals, um, down all the way to thirty-nine thousand dollar deals. We're all over the place. You have to know what's going on and understand the situations. You have to be fluid and flexible at all uh, at all times. Our policies are more like laws because with us, there are certain things you can and cannot do. I know those statutes inside and out. My team knows it. We have a weekly meeting, but every single deal goes through me. Every contract is written, goes to me. We have a real estate law firm. I send every contract to the law firm for review. I pay for everything 100% out of my pocket. My agents don't. 
the clients don't because I don't want my agents stressed. And what that means is from a policy standpoint, they're less stressed about the policies and they just keep on pushing them off to me to get the lawyer to review. And then that way we, st we stay very succinct within the legal boundaries. There's no gray. It's very black and white. We're doing this or we're not doing this. It's as simple as that. One thing is we do need to remind clients and manage expectations. So even with expectations, from policy standpoint, we tell clients, look, you want to get $500,000 for a $200,000 house? We want to manage your expectations. We call it out. I say, I want to manage your expectations. We have a policy. We're not listing a house that's valued at $200,000 for five hundred grand. It does brand damage. You're going to sit there and wait. You have a carrying cost. You're going to lose money. But step by step, this is what we're going to do for you. And it works because you're telling them, I'm going to manage your expectations. Here's how I'm going to manage it. When you do that, they understand it. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah, the policies uh, at the nonprofit that I managed that uh, involved children, we had a weird mix of extremely hard policy and then what I would describe as soft policy. Uh, when you're dealing with kids, you're dealing with you know government entities like the Department of Education, Juvenile Justice, etc. And so the programs that we were running were tied to those entities, and they have very strict rules that you absolutely must follow, or otherwise it's a no-go. You're sh shut down that day. Uh, so those were like the hard policies that we had. But some of the more internal policies that I would describe as the soft policies was uh, to your exact uh, you know example of. Uh, it's kind of like a blanket rule where nine times out of ten it's going to cover whatever the issue is. But that one time out of ten that your manager needs to bend the rule to make it fit whatever the situation is, we need to have that flexibility to be able to do that. And that gray area is the most difficult area to navigate, especially for entrepreneurs or managers that are just now getting into this. Are there any tools or advice that we can offer for our uh, viewers for the people who are navigating that gray area. Absolutely. Build that into your policies. Build in the ambiguity. Um, you know, make sure that uh, you know, make sure that the terms that you're using are are things like the word may or could um, or shall. possibly right yeah. exactly. That way, it does give you that plausible deniability. Uh, but also make sure that um, you know that's being cross-checked with the attorneys because you don't want to write something into a legally binding agreement like real estate contracts or wireless customer agreements or arbitration agreements. Um, you know that could be you know that could be skirting the letter of the law because then at that point you're opening yourself up to uh, you know to potential civil action. So you don't want to do those things. Um, but you do want to make sure that ambiguity is a part um, of every codified uh, of every codified policy that you have. That way, in the event that you do have to do something like something like what you just mentioned, um, you know, you're not running around saying that you're violating your own policies. Right. Absolutely. And if they know that every policy is loose, then every policy is going to be treated as if it's loose and right. it, the word gets out fast. Yes. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to end right there. Be consistent, be fair, and be flexible. And with that, we are the SBA. We are the Small Business Advisors offering you advice on things that you care about. Thank you for like, sharing, and subscribing. Please comment down below. Was there anything that we didn't talk about in this episode or something that you'd like to see us talk about in the future episode? And as always, we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>